come out of a life that's pretty easy. And when the, the hymns that, that we sing uh, from yesteryear, from years and years past, those came out of struggle. Those came out of hardship. And, and songs like It Is Well With My Soul, where it talks, uh, talks about how everything is good with me, with God. That came out of a hardship where uh, the man who wrote that song lost his whole family. And he, was, uh, he penned the song when he was on a ship where the, the ship sunk and his whole family died. He'd lost everything. He'd lost all of his business. And, and he was out on, a, he, he was out on a, uh, uh, the ocean. And the captain, stopped, the captain said, this is where the ship sunk. And he wrote the song, It Is Well With My Soul. I know that's not what we sung this morning, but it's just it's a good example of what people have went through and what they have, have penned in glory and exultation to the, to the Lord to the Lord. Before we get started real quick, I just want to tell you, immediately following service, we have a newcomer's luncheon. This is a no-commitment luncheon. This is not, you're not signing up for anything. All it is is food. And I'll just get an opportunity to tell you a little bit about what we're doing, and Christy will be uh, able to talk to you a little bit, and uh, we would love, we have plenty of food. And uh, if you're vegetarian, we got salad stuff. If you're, if you, uh, if you like roast beef, we got roast beef, we got ham, we got turkey. So we got a little bit of everything. And uh, I'd just love, love for you to stay. No commitment. You just stay and hang out and listen to us. And, and uh, we'll do that. It's, uh, about around 11.45, we'll serve, serve that up. So hang out with us if you, have, uh, if you don't have, already have plans for after service. And if you do have plans, just call them and tell them to come eat with you. And it doesn't cost them anything. How about that? Hey, uh, today I want to... I want to uh, talk to you uh, about an unlimited God. We're starting a new series. We're going to be going through this for the next few weeks, an unlimited God. And and you know our church name is Unlimited. And with Unlimited, we believe that if you know God, if you have a relationship with God, that there's no limits of what you can do, what you you can become, who you can touch, because God is unlimited. And when he's in you, he could do that. So uh, we're going to be talking about an unlimited God over the next few weeks, and uh, I hope that you can, uh, you can join us. If not, this week on our website, we'll have on our media page, we will start having all of our sermons will be posted up there. Uh, they will be posted, um, not today, but, ne- but uh, during the week it'll be posted, but next Sunday it'll be posted immediately as soon as service is over. We've been working out some technical issues with that, so I- I'm excited about that, and we'll, uh, we'll get that on the app too, to where you can, if you have the app, that you can uh, listen also there. So uh, if you've got your uh, app open or you've got your Bible open, you will turn with me to Genesis 12, 1 through 3. We've, we've got about five sets of scriptures here, and it's all in Genesis. We're going to talk about a man uh, that, that is... Um, a really a, a neat guy. And let me tell you something, and I may say this again, I may repeat myself, I cannot cover all of Abraham's life this morning. Well, I may could, but you're not going to stay that long. I can guarantee you that. So I encourage you, go home, start in chapter 12 of Genesis, and just read through it. It's, it's a quick read, and it's really, really interesting. If you haven't read it, or if it's been a while since you read it, it's really interesting. Uh, I just think Abraham's a really cool guy. Um, and let's, let's just dive in. 12, ch- chapter 12, verse 1 through 3 says, The Lord had said to Abram, and just to let you know, I'm reading in the New Living Translation. If you're like going, what translation are you in? All of our scriptures this morning in the New Living Translation, just to let you know. The Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, 
So leave your home, your relatives, your family, your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you, curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. All right, so here's the story of Abram. This is the start of this story. Number one, what you need to know about Abram is this guy was no spring chicken, okay? Abram, at this point in his life, was 75 years old. He's, you know, he's well-grounded where he's at. He's got a home. He's got all of his possessions. He's got all the people that are around him. He's got his family around him. You know, he didn't have a Bible. Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet. But he had a faith in God, and when God spoke to him, he said, okay, that's what I'll do. And this is the promise right here, and if you read through this week, if you'll read through this, the Lord reiterates this promise multiple times. He says, number one, he says, I'll make you a great nation. Two, I'll bless you and make you famous. Three, you'll be a blessing to others. Four, that I'll bless those who bless you. Five, that I'll curse those who curse you. And six, all the families on earth will be blessed through you. Now, I just told you that Abraham was 75 years old. So when it comes to an unlimited God, the first thing I want you to realize is that age has nothing at all to do with God's plan. And if you have your bulletin on the back, there's some there's a place for you to take notes and so fill in the blanks. Uh, you can uh, also follow that. Age has nothing at all to do with God's plan. How old you are, how young you are, if you're in the middle of your life, that really has nothing to do with it. Because Abram here is 75 years old. God doesn't care what age you are. Now let's look at another part of Abram's story and how age didn't have any effect on God's calling on his life, and it won't have any effect on God's calling in your life. Look in Genesis 15, 2 through 5. Genesis 15, 2 through 5 says, But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Okay, so if you don't know the story of Abram, he doesn't have any kids. He's got relatives, but he doesn't have any kids. He doesn't have a son, doesn't have a daughter. Since you've given me no children, uh, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant of my household, will inherit all my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, no, your servant will not be your heir. You know, that sounds like a dad, right? You know, you, the, you, those of you who have kids, you ever do that? Your kid says, well, mom, dad, blah, blah. No, I have to do that with my kids sometimes. No. So he says, to him, no, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. So God's promising him a son. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That is how many descendants you will have. <clears throat> ever, anybody ever went on a nice, dark, star, dark night where there's no lights around and look up at the stars? He's saying, you know what you see right now? If you can count them, that's what we're going to – your descendants are just going to be – they're going to just be numerous, numerous this, God's telling this to a guy who's 75 years old and has no children. This is going to happen for you. See, the Lord's saying, <clears throat> when the Lord's saying this, 
you know, Abram and, and we, we say to ourselves as humans, right, we say these promises can't be fulfilled because he doesn't have a son and he's too old. That's what we would say. And that's what he's saying. But God says, oh, yes, when God gives you a promise, oh, yes, it will happen. Oh, yes, it will. As humans, we have this hard time. Because we look at things realistically. We go to a doctor, and a doctor will tell you, you can't do this, you can't do that, so on and so forth, right? That's what we do. We look at things in a realistic manner, and God sometimes says, you know, I'm telling you this, why don't you listen to me? And that's what he's doing with Abram right here. He's saying, hey, look at me. You know, when, when you look at Abram, what would the doctors have said to him and his wife? They probably would discourage them to have children. They would say, you're a little too old to be having kids. This is going to negatively affect your wife. She's going to have depression. She's, you know, they, they give you all the bad stuff, right? You go in the doctor. They don't, you know, they're not, oh, yeah, you're good. No, they'd be like, no, you're going to do this and that. Then your baby will be deformed. Your baby will be stupid, something. You know what I'm saying? That's what the doctors like to do. They want to give you all the negative. I'm like, when you give me the pill, you give me the negatives on that medicine. But on this stuff, I don't need all those negatives. But that's what we would do. That's what the doctors would do today. But what we know is we serve a God that created the heavens and the earth. The heavens and the earth. And that's the God that Abram was having faith in. That's the God that is not bound by time or space. I think that's why I think watching sci-fi movies, you know, these, these time travelers is so cool. Because I think, you know, God, he could do that. I might not can, but wouldn't that be cool? But God could do that. That doesn't, those things don't matter to him. The Bible says that a day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day with the Lord. I mean, time is of no essence to God. He doesn't look at it that way. Now, as we continue to look at this story, we see that Abram was not perfect. Remember, two weeks ago, if you were here, I preached a sermon. It said, you don't have to be perfect. Well, Abram was not perfect. Let's, let's dig on into this story a little bit further. Because Abram, in Genesis 6, 1 through 2, and one and two there, he decides he's going to take matters into his own hands to help fulfill God's promise. He's not waiting on God. He's going to help God here, okay? So now, uh, Genesis 16, one through two, now Sarai, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him, but she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarai and said to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abraham agreed with Sarah's proposal. So here, Abram has taken God's plan and put it in his hands, and he's going to make this thing work out. He's going to make it work out. He's not, you know, Abraham, Hebrew tells us, Hebrews tells us, Abraham was counted righteous because of his faith. But look here. His faith wasn't nearly as strong as you may think. He still was human, just like we all are. He wanted to take everything into his own hands. Uh, He wanted to work it out, but God doesn't need your help. You may think he needs your help. He doesn't need your help. He can do it on his own. Let God fulfill his plan his way. If you're struggling right now and God is pointing you a certain direction, don't sit there and say, okay, God, I'll do this, that, and the other to make it happen. No, let God fulfill his plan his way, not your way. Because his way will work out a lot better because Hagar did have a son. This, this caused problems. Hagar had a son, and uh, this was not the answer. 
If Abram would have just let God fulfill his plan his way instead of taking it into his own hands, there's a lot of things, and we could go into the history of all this, but there's a lot of things that could have went a lot better. You know, the, the son that he had, Ishmael, had problems with Isaac, and Sarah had problems with Hagar, and there was just an issue, there was always just an issue there. Because, you know, Hagar, hey, Ishmael's the firstborn son. Technically, why isn't he getting, you know, all the love and stuff that, that Isaac's getting? So when we take things into our own hands, we can really mess things up. Now, how many of you have ever felt God calling you to do something? You don't have to raise your hand. Don't do that. But the, he's called you to do something, but it just didn't look like it was going to happen or it wasn't going to happen the right way. And maybe... Maybe you said, well, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it over here, like I was just talking about. I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to do this to make this happen, to make this happen, to make this happen. And in the process, you messed up. Maybe you sinned, or maybe you just messed up something else. Maybe something else happened, and you messed it up. Probably all of us have done that. God can still fulfill the calling he has in your life, even if you messed up. You cannot mess things up bad enough for God to fix it. it. When you read this story all the way through of Abram, you'll see that the guy messed up more than once. There were times that he took his wife and he would go in and he'd say, well, you tell, you tell, you, they go into these countries, you say, well, you, you tell them that you're my sister. You tell them you're my sister. That way, because otherwise they may kill me. But if they think you're my sister, they'll leave me alone, I'll live. And, and that caused problems. Abraham messed up a lot of times. So when you mess up, I don't want you to look at it and say, oh, I've messed up. And so now, therefore, God can't do anything in my life. God can't touch me. God can't fulfill the calling that's in my life. God can still do it. I don't care where, how far you've gone, God can still get you back to where you need to be. And if his calling is for you to be over here and you're over there, all you got to do is say, hey, God, hey, uh, I'm ready to do it your way. See, in Genesis 17, 1 through 6, look at this. When Abram was 99 years old, now he was called when he was 75, he was old. Now he's even older. He's 99. The Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. See, here he's going. He's talking about the same thing again. Wait a minute, Abraham messed up. That can't happen, right? No, Remember what I said? It doesn't matter how bad you messed up. God can still complete his plan for your life. At this, Abram fell on his face to the ground. Then God said to him, this is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. What's more, I'm going to change your name. This was so important that God said, I'm just going to change your name. I'm going to show you how important you are and how much I care about you, and how much my plan is going to work. I'm a, it's no longer going to be Abram. Your name's not going to be that any longer. Instead, you're going to be called Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations, and I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations, and kings will be among them. Kings. King David. Think about this. King David. All these kings in the line of Abraham, who didn't have a son at 99 years old. Even after Abraham had made this mistake, God came back to him and fulfilled the plan in his life. It was, it, it was so real. And God can make it so real in your life. I'm not saying he's going to change your name. So don't come up to me next week and say, oh, I changed my name to this because 
That's between you and God, but you don't have to do that, okay? God can still, God can still do his plan. You don't have to do it that way. Abram didn't say, God, I'm not good enough. I made a mistake, so you can't use me. Instead, what did he do? He followed the commands that God gave him then. Okay, he made some mistakes. Okay, we've made some mistakes. But, you know, this is the road we're traveling, and we're supposed to be traveling this road. We can always stop and start traveling that road right there. We can change. We can start following what God has called us to do, whatever that is. We can start doing that today. See, this story, I don't know, I just think this story is so good because, you know, we, when, when we read through this whole thing, we see that age, like I said, it's not a factor. The guy's 99 years old. The, the New Living Translation said his wife was way beyond the years of, of, of having a baby, right? I mean, he's like, she's way too old to be having a baby. That's how unlimited God was because what happened? If you know the story, they did have this baby. They did have a son. And here's something that I think is so interesting that we overlook with God. When he says he's going to do something, he doesn't do it halfway. He didn't give him a daughter. See, that would be halfway. Well, oh, okay, you got a child at 99. No, he gave him a son, just like he said. And when God tells you he's going to do something, when God gives you a vision and a dream, and he's got a plan for your life to go somewhere, guess what? He's unlimited. He can get you there. Finances are not a factor. Your age is not a factor. Who you know is not a factor. God will do it. God will take care of it. God will take care of it. Genesis 21, 1 through 3 says, The Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he promised. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time God said it would. And Abraham named their son Isaac. And see, that's what I love about this. It says, The Lord kept his word. God always, God always keeps his word. He never lies to you. He always keeps his word. You can count on it. If he said he's going to do it, he's going to do it. All right? There's nothing too big for God. There's no mountain too high, no valley too low. Nothing's too big for God. All it takes is us surrendering to his will. All it takes is for us is to surrender to his will and do what he has commanded us to do. Follow his instructions and allow him to do what he said he would do. Now, this morning, my opinion is you should be excited about Abraham's life because it shows you. It shows you that if God could take Abraham and do what he did with Abraham, I don't know about you, I don't think God hadn't given me no plan that, he's, that I'm going to have a bunch of descendants and I'm going to, you know, that's not it. So I think if God could do that with that guy right there, maybe he can really do something with me, even if it's a little thing. When we started out to plant Unlimited Church, the Lord spoke to me at men's retreat last year. And I was praying, and I was like, God, what, God what's, you know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do, God? And God said, if only one person, one person, one person comes to salvation, then it was worth it all. If only one person. And we had five people that first Sunday that said, yes, I want to give my life to the Lord. Or I want to rededicate my life to the Lord. And I've talked to some of them. And, and they're, they may not be here. Some of them were parts of other churches. But listen, he said, if one person, it's worth it all. And I believe that. It's worth it all. So with, with Abraham, we have the Jews. 
that shows us that God keeps his word. Everyone knows about them. God kept his word. He did what nobody else could do. He did what nobody else could do. Could you, could you bow your heads? If God is calling you this morning to something, or he's called you in the past to something, and, and you're just like, you know, man, I, I just don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know how we can make this happen, you know. Uh, let me tell you something. God can do it. God can do it. That's really, I mean, when I was praying over this last night, that's all, I mean, I was getting so excited about this. Not that I'm a great preacher. That's not it. I was excited about what this is saying. That somebody here this morning, like I said earlier, you came this morning and God had you here for a reason. God has you here for a reason. And you heard this this morning and you went through something in your life where God's called you out to do something and you're just like, that's not possible. You serve an unlimited God. If you're serving Jesus, you serve an unlimited God. That is what is so amazing about this. You can't say that about any other God out there lowercase g man God can just he can take you and he can raise you up he can give you what you need to to fulfill that plan that story of Abraham there's one point that we didn't get to where the Lord said take Isaac up and sacrifice him and Abraham just did what the Lord said but wait a minute, this is, this is the future. And then God came in and he provided the sacrifice. He's going to provide for you. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning that's really need to hear this, but I want you to hear that God, God will provide it for you. You need to stop looking at all of the human things that are surrounding you. Listen, sometimes I struggle having faith that God's going to do it because I'm a realist. I just look at things as how they are right now, and black's black and white's white, and that's just the way it is. And so I really have to pray, and I have to pray through a lot of times to hear God and, and for Him to just, you know, knock me upside the head and say, This is what we're going to do. Just follow. Just follow. Just do what I instructed you to do. Just do what I instructed you. Jesus, I just love you. Jesus, I just love you. I want to ask this first, and we're going to, we're going to pray about something else too. But if there's somebody here that says, you know, I, I, I haven't been living for the Lord, or maybe you've lived for him in the past, but you're not now, or you say, or I've never lived for the Lord, and you say this morning, I want to make a commitment to him, I'm not going to ask you to do anything but raise your hand, and I want to pray with you. If there's anybody here, I want to give you that opportunity.
whatever it is. It can be something small. It doesn't have to be huge. God, I thank you for these people. Lord, I thank you for, for those that are walking this thing out, God. That are looking to you, God. That are focusing on you and focusing on their will, on your will for their life, God. Lord, no matter what they go through, no matter what somebody says to them, don't let anybody discourage them in your plan. But instead, God, instead, Lord Jesus, encourage them. I pray that you'll bring encouragers in their life, people who will pat them on the back, people who will tell them, you can do this. You and God, man, y'all got it going on. Just keep it going. Focus on him. Reach out to him. Hold on to him. When the times get tough, Lord, I pray that we'll hold on to you, that we'll believe in you, that we'll understand that you, God, are unlimited, that you are an amazing God. And because of you, Lord, because of you, God, we can do whatever you need us to do. That person here this morning, Lord, that their heart is just struggling and it's just, there's a lot of pressure and weight on it to do what you have called them to do and they just don't feel like they can do it. Lord, I pray right now, give them peace about it and help their faith. comes up here, uh, let's sing that chorus, How Great Thou Art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou